Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Yassi Laufer Shliach in Warwick, Rhode Island, on the topic of giving out masa before Pesach. I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to help Shluchim have more Atzlacha in their Shluchim. You're very welcome. Before we begin, I would also like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Svassman Jewelers, The Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, and Ohana Pay, a credit card processing company by a fellow Shliach. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. Yassi, back in the day, we went out um, on this time when I was a younger brother in Miami Beach, and uh, you were a role model of mine when it came to this time. And uh, when I sent out an email this week asking Shluchim for feedback of who to interview about giving out matzah before Pesach or anything in regards to Pesach, numerous Shluchim responded, interview Yossi Laufer about giving out matzah. He's the guy. So thank you for for doing the podcast. And uh, can you share with us, what what do you personally do when it comes before Pesach? How do you give out the matzah? Um, Why do you think it's important and so on? So uh, how do you give up matzah and why it's important? So how do you give up matzah? Uh, I like packing matzah. Uh, one matzah in a box. I, I know that it may not be the preferred. Uh, some people say it's preferred to give three matzahs. I give one matzah per box to as many people as possible in my area. And I uh, create a, a, a list of streets and neighborhoods that I go to. Uh, and give out uh, matzah door to door, houses and offices, and, uh, and give out matzah. Of course, when you give out matzah, it's not just giving out matzah. You want to meet the person face to face. You want to have a smile, wish him a happy kosher pesach. And uh, I think of it always as mitzvahim, where once I'm meeting somebody, a shechapara I know to put on tefillin, and if it's a woman, uh, talk about some other thing like neshek. And I always have mezuzahs um, in my car ready to be put up. And uh, numerous mezuzahs are put up while I do the matzah as well. So it's simply going door to door in an organized way, uh, meeting person face to face, and uh, giving a matzah. The tactic. How, in, how, many people the, do you, how many people do you give a matzah to these days before people? I didn't know this was a duch. Baruch <laughs> Hashem, a lot of people. We go to, we go to everybody we can. Um, we start the day after Purim, and we go every day between Purim and Pesach and give out matzah. Offices and homes, I try not to make too many cheshbonis other than stay on task and stay organized, leave as early as possible and come back as late as you can and uh, keep going. Make sure you put uh, healthy food in your car, uh, healthy drinks in the car so you could uh, re-energize while you're on the and you don't get too hungry and weak. Chassidosh uh, music, of course, uh, to play uh, in your car to keep you uh, excited to the task. Uh, sometimes I even put Fabengen uh, singings or Sichaf and Rebbe. And that's it. You get in the car and you go on Mitzorim as if you're a Bacher in Yeshiva on Friday. You go door to door. How long before Pesach do you start giving out Masa? Day after Purim. They have to put him. Yeah, I go on with and I start. It's always uh, the first day and the second day. 
it could be a little bit of you know it's hard telling you it's too early. But then once you get into it, the first, second, third day, people are happy to see you, not happy to see you, whatever it is in the time that you experience. It's not going to be any different if it's a day before Pesach or four weeks before Pesach. As long as no different. Meeting a person and giving a matzah uh, works um, any time before Pesach. So you you got to start somewhere. People always ask me, hey, Rabbi, you're early. So I tell them, i got to start somewhere. And I uh, I go from place to place and give up matzah. But I, I find it, um, yeah? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you, do, you, do you go into your office at all during these, these weeks? I try to plan accordingly. Like, if I have shooting with people one-on-one, I try to minimize those shooting during this time. If I have things that need to be taken care of and they don't need to be taken care of, that's good now. So I'm already thinking... At least a month before Purim, what needs finishing up so that I shouldn't be backed up on things between Purim and Pesach? That way I can have more free time during this uh, period to give out matzah. Are you serious? Not much from morning to, 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 to evening? I'll say an average day is uh, six hours. Wow. An average day is six hours. It could be more. It could be sometimes less. But... Uh, Easy six hours on a daily basis. I'll tell you my technique. I think this technique uh, for me has worked. I try to keep the visit as short as possible. Now, of course, it doesn't always happen. You see people that want to talk to you more and want to spend time with you. But I found that if in your mind you want to keep it short, and Taka, you keep it short, people appreciate that you didn't take too much of their time, never mind of your time. If you go into an office and you're planning to spend a half an hour, the guy can get mad. If you go into an office and you plan to spend a minute, no longer, the guy feels it. I came in, happy Pesach, you leave. I find the faster I leave, the more happy they are to see me next year. The more time I spend hacking a china, the next year I come, oh, the rabbi's here. I don't have 20 minutes for you. 20 minutes? I didn't ask for 20 minutes. Came to say hello, put the fill in and leave. So the shorter the visit... I find it greater the success because in the long term, they're going to be more happy to see you in the future. There's a lot, there's more. A lot more. There's a lot more to it. I would say tons of people are putting on tefillin. Uh, tons of people are, are making a positive contact with a shliach. And the results have been over the years. Uh, I would say 90% of the people coming to my programs are a direct result from the Tzorim, and 90% of my fundraising is a direct result from the Tzorim. It's so much easier to call up a guy, you know, after Pesach, and see how his Pesach was, and ask him for a meeting for fundraising. If you met him for three years and put in, you know, gave him matzah, and put on tefillin. If the guy puts on tefillin, automatically I think it's a, a straight simon that you can ask him for money. If a guy says no to tefillin, and he's not too happy to see you for, when you give him matzah, you gotta wait a few years till he warms up. But if the guy's putting fill in every year with you and you come for one minute, if you call him and say, I wanna make a business meeting with you, and talk to you about Chabad or, you know, whatever, sure, Rabbi, what's good time for you, good time for me, and you meet him and you, and then it's more settled because you came at a time that it's convenient for him, and he's expecting to sit and spend time with you. But the reason why he'll take your call, and the reason why he will be willing to, to meet with you is because a couple of years have come by, he's, he's liked your experience, he's liked you as a person, 
you know, you've given them something, you've thought about them, you've cared about them. Nobody else does it. There's no organization in the, in the world that goes knocking door to door to reach out to Jewish people. And uh, it, it definitely see a lot of uh, results. Uh, even though it may not be in a big way, because not everybody's given them. And some people are talking poor. I go to tons of poor people. But the result is those poor people come to programs or they come to a Seder or they'll come to a, bring their children to a, to a camp event. If you a lot of results Yiddishkeit-wise, people that wouldn't talk to Chabad because Chabad is, uh, that's not my style. But by going to them a couple of years in a row, they get to see that you're a warm guy and you're friendly, easy going, you didn't push anything on them. You had no agenda. You came to the door, gave him matzah, said goodbye. He has no agenda. There's no reason to be afraid of him. So if he invites you to come for a week to camp or come to a Purim party or come to a Pesach Seder or Hanukkah event, they're much, they're much more likely to come in big numbers because of their connection. I gave you the how. I'll give you a little philosophy. When I went on the Shlechist, I asked the Shlech for a tip, uh, advice. He said, simple. The Rebbe gave us Mitzrayim. Just remember, you're on Shlechist. Mitzrayim. Mitzvah Kashrus, Mitzvah Neshek, Mitzvah Stucker, Mitzvah Tzvillin. All the time Mitzrayim is what a Shlech should do. So that's what I do till today. I started off with Mitzrayim with Matzah and putting on Tzvillin with people. Then I ended up being, putting on Mezuzahs. Everybody I go to, my goal is they have to have a Mezuzah. We're talking hundreds of people all have mezuzahs because of going to them and giving them matzah. And then, of course, one of the times it's, it's tucker. Everybody I go to, if they can, if they can give me a few dollars, if they can give me a few dollars. If they didn't give me when I gave them matzah because that was not the agenda, I called them after Pesach and asked them. And you'd be surprised how many people will give me $100 a year. It may not sound like big, but if you get 100 people, $100 a year, that's $10,000. And those are a hundred people will have a shaykhist now to Chabad. A hundred people will have a shaykhist to Yiddishkeit. Because they gave you a hundred dollars, they've invested in your cause. And they're connected. Then they have a simcha, or then they have chas shalom alavaya. Their rabbi, who's their rabbi? The rabbi that comes to their office. So they call me up and I do their family events. And it goes, it keeps going and keeps growing from there. So uh, people that I'm, a, you know... Go ahead. Is it something that you do... Um, only for matzah, or do you do it other times in the year as well? I personally do it twice a year, matzah and Hanukkah candles. I generally get a better result for Hanukkah candles. Uh, people are more happy when they see candles for Hanukkah than when they see matzah. But matzah is the Rebbe's Indian, and the matzah is what we do as Slucham. Matzah, you know, it's more Rukhni, it's more Mucha than Nusa. So no wonder why it may not be as exciting. But it does like the people. I went to one guy's house, I told him, you know, this is uh, for April 3rd at night. This is uh, for you to have for your Seder. He says, Rabbi, I don't do a Seder. He says, why not? You're Jewish. Your wife's Jewish. Why don't you do a Seder? The kids moved out. I told him, I never knew that Pesach was a kid's holiday. I thought it was a Jewish holiday. Take this matzah and make a mini Seder, you and your wife. At the very least, I told him, whatever you have for dinner, there should be your dessert. And I, those are my lines that I use. And I get stories back. Rabbi, we made a Seder. I invited my elderly mother, brought up in a nursing home, who was a three-person seder. It was very nice. We used your matzah for Dafi Komen. Thank you very much. So people will do Pesach or eat matzah simply because you came to their door and reminded them that April 3rd at night is a seder. I always like to, to include some very practical tips for Shulchan. Could you share some practical tips? For instance, how do you go around 
Um, you're, when you're going to so many places, how do you do it in an organized way? So you're not going to one neighborhood and then going to another neighborhood and then coming back to that other, that, that the same place. Um, what do you use? What system do you use? I export all my names with zip codes to Excel, and then I sort it by zip code, and I use the zip plus four zip code so it's more detailed in which area they're in, which neighborhood they're from, because the four numbers helps bring a cluster of streets together. And then I sit uh, for hours. I wouldn't be surprised if I sit for 10 hours. 10 hours is probably the number. At least 10 hours. Going through each name and um, and uh, making sure they're lined up based on uh, this place goes first and that place goes second. No, of course, sometimes you make mistakes and you have to keep notes and next year you have to fix it um, because uh, it wasn't so organized and it wasn't so exact. But uh, to me, I know all the main streets in my area and uh, everybody lives off a of main street in some way or everybody's office is off a of main street. So I'll pick a main street and I'll create the list off a of main street and every main street will get a code. I create a certain uh, column in Excel you know, uh, uh, street number four, five, or four A, four four, or four five one, or five two. Give them all numbers, line them all up in order, and then um, try to get everybody to be clustered in, say, uh, about I would say twenty to twenty five people per cluster per number, and uh, that way it's not completely uh, out of whack. It, I don't think my list is perfectly organized. But over the years, with the list and plus memorization, I think uh, about 98% on, on target of where my routes are, where the next section is, and keep checking off where you went to. So uh, I generally don't go back to areas more than once. Unless I didn't finish that area, I have to come back to finish the area. But I try to go from area to area. But it's amazing. Every morning I get up, I get in the car, I say, where do I go today? You know, ask the Abisha, the Rebbe, for some inspiration. I go to random places each day. They don't always match from yesterday or the next day. And, uh, hey, Rabbi, how do you know I was home today? I was, I was out sick today. It was nice to see you. You know, and I go to the, I went to this old man's house today. The guy's 100 years old. I go to his house uh, every time. And the Punctus son was there. Uh, uh, a businessman in town, which I don't always get to see. Because I was visiting his father. He was visiting his father. He came the same time. We put the film so I had a schmooze. He's talking about his temple. He's asking how's Chabad doing. So I took him a little pitch about Chabad. So right there, I had an encounter. I couldn't plan that. It's impossible. But every day, every day I have surprises. Every single day I meet somebody I didn't expect. Somebody will put on tefillin that I wasn't planned. And every year there are new people who put on tefillin. Every single year people who didn't put for the past, put this year. There's always new people who are warm to you, who weren't warm to you the first year you came to them. But I really believe you go to somebody, have no agenda, don't expect anything, as fast as you can. The first impression, guarantee, has to be as fast as you can. The faster you get out of that place the first time you meet him, the stronger the statement you're making to the guy that you had no agenda, you had no planning to talk to him, you're not planning to disturb him in the middle of work. And if that impression is made the first year you're there, the next year or three years or five years later, he's going to be your friend. Because that, it takes, that, everybody, as soon as you walk in, they put up a fence. No, I don't want to talk to you. Why not? Well, guess what? I wasn't planning to talk to you anyways. I came to give you matzah. Have a nice day.
And then a few years later, they say, oh, you guys know agenda. You know what? I have a few minutes. You got a few minutes to talk? And they start talking to you about some personal thing. And before you know it, you have a connection with them. So really, I think it's a long-term plan. It needs a lot of patience. You can't have results in one year. But I believe, if a person does it in a consistent way, I believe in consistency, because people want to see you. Once they get into a habit of expecting your matzah, if you don't come, you upset them. If you get into the consistency of bringing them candles for Hanukkah, one year you don't bring them, they get upset. Oh, I wanted your candles. I didn't have candles this year. What should I use? So I think that consistency is very important. I mean, whatever list you do do, you should check off and try to go to the same people and not to fluctuate. If you want one year, keep going every year from then on. And I believe there will be results. But I don't think it has to be limited to matzah or candles. It could also be hamitashin. It could be tubishvah packages. It could be honey cake. Whatever Shlira chooses he likes to do, that encounter should be to deliver something and show interest in that person with no agenda, at least for the first visit. And down the line, uh, uh, I really believe that it will show major results. Can you, can, do any other tips come to mind in uh, doing this in the most successful way possible? It's really, it's, I think the biggest tip that I, that I, I think is just to stay relaxed and don't expect anything. It's, it's very hard to, to go door-to-door if you have expectations. You can get burnt out very fast. And I've been doing this for years. I think the reason I don't get burnt out because I really believe this is Mitzrayim. And uh, when you go as a Bachar Mitzrayim, you don't have a Chabad house to support. You're doing it for the fun, or for the Indian, or for the mission. So I think that staying relaxed, not, ex- not having expectations, the results will, will come, guaranteed. You just need to, you got to do it, and, and, and really plan. You a good night's sleep, uh, food in the car, um, whatever it takes. You know, if you're afraid you might get a headache, uh, put whatever you need in the car for a headache. Uh, just try to, you know, plan your day that you can go and, and go door to door in a relaxed way. And, and, uh, and, and have all the stuff you need, all the matzah, put it all in there. Uh, I have brochures for the next JLI course, uh, a few calendars. Someone asked me for a calendar. I load my whole car as if it's a moving office. You know, fill in, nesher, whatever. And then you go and whatever happens and evolves from there. Um, and, and of course, one more thing I would say that I like doing if you see someone on the street walking, Whatever, ask them if they're Jewish. I'm always finding new people by asking random people on the street, you know, are you Jewish? So I'm driving on the street, and I see a bunch of men talking. So I stop off, I say, hey, any guys Jewish? They say, no, 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 I'm not Jewish. But the, this house right here, the guy that lives in this house is Jewish. So that's it. Now I have a new house. Go into the house, put fill in, now I have a connection. Now they get matzah and candles every year. So you'd be surprised. I went into, uh, I went into a... Um, an apartment housing for senior citizens today. A lady by the front desk came out, said, can I help you? I said, oh, I came to visit Mrs. So-and-so. You know, and by the way, is there anybody else uh, that might be Jewish? Oh, yeah, you got to go to Sylvia. She was sick in the hospital. She would love to see a rabbi. I went into the uh, apartment to say hello to her, give her matzah. She told me about where her son lives and where her grandchildren live. Before you know it, you build your whole list. They got some mishpachas on your list. Cause you write it all down or you put it in your phone or as soon as you walk out, you type it in. I'm always finding new addresses and new offices because of the people who know I have a friend or someone has a child and a daughter. And it keeps coming and keeps growing every time because you find more people as a result. Okay, do you have, a, do you have any last thoughts that you want to share with Shlokim on this topic? People, I must tell you, I think that the biggest asset, I think, in Shlokim is people. 
I know we're all worried about money and we're all worried about fundraising and how to pay for chinuch, which is who knows out of the sky or, or through the roof. But people are the most important asset. It's a hard. I think the hardest thing is to get people. Once you have people, it's easier because you have more people to resource from, to get money from, and to create programs. People, I find, is the hardest thing, and and focusing on simply meeting people face to face. And them knowing you and you knowing them, unbelievable results. And it will come from out of the blue. I went to this nursing home, met this guy. No, first I went to his house. Then he ended up in a nursing home. I kept going to him. The next thing I know, I get a call. He passed away. The family wants me to do the funeral. So I go to the funeral. You're the only rabbi that met him. You didn't know anybody else. Can you do the funeral? Sure. So you go to the house the night before the funeral to sort of talk about the guy's life and what you're going to say at the funeral. You meet at the house, you meet all his kids, all the grandchildren. You start creating all these connections. And those grandchildren, from a poor old man living in an apartment house, going into a nursing home, suddenly you have the whole family. This guy owns that business, the other guy owns the other business. One guy's giving you an ad in the calendar. The next guy's giving you a sponsorship in camp for one of your kids. Before you know it, there's three people giving you donations every year because you went to one old poor Jew living in some old senior housing. So really, the, uh, people is the most important asset. And as a result, you get more people giving you money. And, and it's much better to have three, 400 people giving you money, even in a small amount, than having three big people give you money. Chazashon, one year, one guy's broke. It's a it serious trouble. So building people, building connections, each person ends up eventually sponsoring or, or donating. But ultimately, the people is the most important asset. Their kids come to your camp. They come to your programs. They come to your shiurim. They come to whatever you do. High holiday services. They call you for lavayas, baby namings, and the list goes on and on. <clears throat> Yossi, thank you for sharing your experiences and helping Shlucham have more Shluch on their Shluchas. We really appreciate your time. Shlucham Rabba, to you for doing this uh, podcast for Shluchim. I wish all the Shluchim Shlucham uh, Rabba. We should even, uh, tip the scale and doing sorry and bring Mashiach now. Call to Kashyachim Pesach. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you know a specific shliach, or if you yourself have success in a specific area in your shlichus, please send me an email saying who I can interview, the name of the shliach, I will call them, and Amir Sashad will be the next interview. Thanks so much. Make it a great week.